All right. Give them just a second or two to keep moving. And uh, I want to say good morning. Uh, good morning to all of you. Glad that we could be here together this morning. Um, if you happen to be a guest with us and you might not know it, my name is Thomas. I'm one of the pastors here with the church. Special welcome to you. Uh, again, if you're a guest, um, to the rest of us, welcome. Glad that we can be together. I get the chance, of course, to preach. I think, did I just say this, that I get the chance to preach every once in a while? So here I am uh, uh, again with that opportunity. And today we're going to just begin a, a short three-part uh, sermon series here where we're uh, trying to look back at our vision a little bit, our mission as a church. Uh, we're here at the beginning of a new year, so we thought it would be a good time to just get refreshed here on, on just three Sundays of what we're working toward as a, a local church. So I'll be preaching today, and then Pastor Brett will be back in the pulpit uh, uh, in the next couple Sundays to pick up and, and continue uh, the short series. Uh, now, it has been said, somebody uh, has said this, vision isn't just a statement, but an experience of what we are working towards. Okay, and so we hope that that's true uh, for our church family. Hopefully our mission, our vision wouldn't just be a statement on the wall, but it would be this experience that we're working toward uh, together. And so again, we just want to take the first few weeks here in the new year to, uh, to get refreshed on what we are working toward together as a church. Sort of uh, focus what can uh, get blurry. So for, for various reasons, just life happens and things can get blurry. And so we want to bring this vision of ours back into focus. Uh, my my uh, kids, my two daughters, they got a, a, um, a virtual reality headset for Christmas. I think, is this it? This is it. Um, I'm not really much into virtual reality. I think this is actually a pretty cheap set of, of glasses here. Um, but I have used it. And I've noticed that as I use this, as I'm putting it on and taking it off, uh, and actually while I'm using it, it gets blurry. It gets out of, out of focus. And so there are these little uh, levers on the thing where you can move those levers up and back. You can move them side to side, and that helps to bring things into focus. So you could think of this little sermon series that we're kicking off today as, as uh, a way to move the levers around a little bit. Okay, We're going to move the levers up and back, side to side, just so we can sort of help ourselves um, uh, get a clearer picture of our vision, be refreshed with that. And, and really, this is meant to be mostly review, uh, mostly a refresher. Now, of course, if you're, if you're sort of newer to gathering with us uh, on Sundays, um, uh, maybe the last several months, hopefully this will help you understand our church a little bit better. But if you're a member, if you've been with, gathering with us for a while, hopefully this will be refreshing. Hopefully it will sort of refresh uh, your, your view of, of where we're going and refresh your motivation uh, to, to get there together. So, so uh, please pray with me, and then we'll move into the message here. Lord, thank you very much for the chance that we have to gather together again this morning. Um, please, please help us to hear the voice of our shepherd this morning, our shepherd Jesus. Um, uh, help us to hear the voice of our shepherd in what I will share this morning, Lord. Uh, please help us to follow you, Jesus. Uh, please use our time that we have together to help, uh, help us to do that, to help us to follow you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so beginning to 
refresh on our, our vision, our mission here today. And for my part, um, I'm just going to touch very briefly on our, our mission statement as a church, our vision, mission statement. We kind of blend those two things. Uh, remind us a little bit of the language that we use, gospel, community, mission, that, 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 uh, ca- those categories, that framework. Um, uh, and then I'm going to uh, focus more of my efforts today in on the gospel piece of that gospel community mission framework. And then Brett, Pastor Brett, will pick up next in the next couple Sundays to talk more about community and, uh, and mission. Okay, so first of all, just be reminded of our, of our mission vision statement. Um, uh, here it is. Um, actually, we see this pretty much every Sunday as we come into the church gathering here. It says that we aim to make disciples of Jesus through gospel-centered community on mission for the glory of God and the joy of all peoples, okay? So, touching on this just very briefly, just notice here, notice that in the statement here, um, we say uh, what we are aiming to do as a local church, Uh, we say how we want to do that, and we say why we want to do that, okay? So, first of all, the what, what do we want to do? Well, answer, make disciples. That's what we want to do. Uh, we, want to, we aim to make disciples of Jesus. And, and, and by that, we mean really this whole process of a person becoming, um, being made a disciple of Jesus in the first place, and then maturing uh, as a disciple over the course of life. Okay, so that's our aim, and that's our aim because of what's been called the Great Commission uh, of Jesus. So we see the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Uh, These are Jesus' last words to his disciples, essentially. Um, After being raised up from the dead, before he ascends back to heaven and, and comes back again, he says this. He says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, to the end of the age. Okay, so, so again, just very briefly here, with those, with those parting words of Jesus, make disciples, that's what we want to do as a local church. We want to make disciples. And then secondly, how? How do we want to do this? How will we aim to make disciples? And the answer is gospel, community, and mission, or through gospel-centered community on mission. Okay, so we've, we've said um, that we think there are three uh, primary elements or, or, or aspects or priorities to uh, disciple-making lifestyle. Okay, so these are not um, sort of steps in the order of a process, like step one, two, three, but this is, these are priorities in an overall lifestyle. And this is how we want to make disciples. This is how we want to reach out to non-Christians, and this is how we want to help Christians grow, this gospel community and mission. So, namely, uh, I should have a slide here, Um, namely by pursuing community with one another in this local church family, and by being intentional to bring the gospel to bear on one another in this community, knowing that it's the gospel that creates us, and it's the gospel that sustains us, and then created, nurtured by the gospel, we want to take up the mission of the gospel. We want to take up the mission to, uh, to, to make disciples, demonstrating the gospel and declaring the, to the, the gospel to those who are outside of our community and, and inviting them in. Uh, so gospel, community, mission. And... Um, I'll spend some time here um, in a few minutes specifically scratching just the surface of the gospel piece of that. And then again, Pastor Brett will take up community and mission 
uh, in the next couple weeks. But then finally, in our mission statement, why? Why do we want to do this? Answer, for the glory of God and the joy of all peoples. For God's glory and for people's joy. And I'm not going to say really any more on, on that piece here today. Just want to point out again, just that this is the ultimate reason why we do what we do. This is the ultimate reason why we're aiming to make disciples in the way that we are. It's for God's glory and for people's joy. And, and, we, and we would say that these are not two things, actually, God's glory and people's joy. We would say that these two things are actually the same goal. Uh, we, we agree with John Piper, who has said that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And so that's our ultimate aim. Our ultimate aim is that, that God would be glorified as more and more people are finding their deepest joy in him. More and more people finding their deepest joy in him. That's what will glorify God the most. And so um, that's our ultimate aim. That's ultimately why we do this. God's glory and people's joy. So that's, our, that's just, again, just quickly reminding us of the elements of our mission statement there. Mission statement in a nutshell. And uh, just wanting to remind us that, that we can see there in our mission statement, we can remind ourselves what we want to do, how we're planning to do that, or how we hope to do that, and why ultimately we want to uh, do that. Now that begs the question, what is a disciple? Um, if we're aiming to make disciples, uh, then what is a disciple? Okay? And, and uh, we've landed on, 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 these, on this language. We, we, we've said that a disciple is essentially three things. Um, a disciple of Jesus is a worshiper, a servant, and a missionary. So a disciple is a worshiper of Jesus, a servant like Jesus, and a missionary for Jesus. Okay, And, and we pull all of these ideas um, out of parts of the book of John. So I think we have a slide here. Oh, that's not quite as clear as when I put it together. Um, but you can see worshiper, servant, missionary there, uh, and just some text to go along with that. But worshiper, um, we see in John 20 that the disciple, uh, disciples, Thomas in particular, worships Jesus, and Jesus receives his worship. And so a disciple is a worshiper of Jesus. So Jesus is not just our moral teacher. Jesus is not just an example that we follow, but Jesus is our God whom we worship. Okay? So uh, worshiper and servant. Um, we can see in John 13 that Jesus served his disciples by washing their feet. And, and he called them then to follow his example and do uh, likewise in serving one another. And so a disciple is a servant like Jesus, serving one another uh, just as Jesus serves us. And, and the, the primary uh, focus of that is serving one another in the church family, but in principle and by extension that also would include serving those outside the church family. Um, and then missionary in John 17. Jesus said that as the Father has sent him, he sends his disciples. And so disciples are, are, are sent out on uh, mission from Jesus, just like Jesus was sent out on mission uh, from the Father. So a disciple is a missionary for Jesus. So um, those three terms, um, we could certainly use other terms, and there are other things that we could emphasize uh, of, as far as what it actually means to be a disciple. There's a lot that could be said. But I think those three terms really do capture sort of the heart core identity of a, of a disciple of Jesus. Uh, a disciple of Jesus might be more than that, but a disciple of Jesus is not less than that. 
a worshiper, servant, missionary. And so that's what we're aiming for as a church. This is, this is um, when we talk about aiming to make disciples of Jesus, we want to see people become worshiper, servant, missionaries, and we want to grow one another as uh, worshiper, servant, missionaries. Um, so uh, that's a disciple. That's what we're trying to aim uh, at, at making. And then again, how will we do this? Um, and again, this is there in our mission statement, namely through this gospel-centered community on mission. This, this, uh, these, these priorities of gospel, community, mission. Okay, so I'm going to take the, the, the rest of the time this morning um, just focusing in on that gospel piece. And then again, Pastor Brett will pick, pick up the other pieces here in the next couple weeks. So first of all, um, thinking gospel here. Uh, let me just say some things here, first of all, about what the gospel is. Uh, just basic uh, understanding of what we mean by the, the idea or the term gospel itself. And then secondly, um, I want to say some things here about how that fits with this framework of gospel community mission. What, what does it sort of mean for us in that context, okay? So first of all, just the gospel itself, okay? How might, how, how might we define the gospel itself? Well, the word gospel means good news. So, so just in its most basic, basic form, as we might uh, use the term, is the gospel means simply the good news about Jesus. The gospel is the good news about Jesus, okay? But you fill that out a little bit. Um, what is the good news uh, about Jesus? What is that good news? And for an answer to that, um, we would want to see that that can, that can be answered in a couple different ways. Uh, there, there are a couple different perspectives on that that can be laid out in a couple different ways. And, and for one of those, we could call that the simple gospel. Um, not simplistic, but simple. Um, and then the other one we could maybe call the more robust gospel. So um, both are totally accurate conceptions of what the gospel is. Simple, robust, but they both have a little bit of a different focus. So with the simple gospel, the focus is going to be more narrow. It's going to be more focused on a, a person's um, individual relationship with God. Um, and, uh, and so we might, uh, might use the framework, you've probably heard this before, of, of, of God, man, Christ response. God, man, Christ response, okay? So it, it, might, uh, it, it might sound something like this, or it might look like something like this, um, uh, God made you, and he wants to have a relationship with you, but your sins have separated you from him. But the good news is that God sent his son to come and die for your sins, so that if you confess your sins and you turn from your sins and you trust in Jesus, you will be forgiven and you will have eternal life. Hey, that's, the, that's the basic, simple gospel um, um, uh, in, in a very basic sense. Uh, it tends to be a little bit more individually focused, more individually focused on our relationship with God, but that's the gospel. God, man, Christ, response. Okay, and you can see that in, in the, the heart, uh, or you see the heart of that, I think, in places like Romans 3.23 and following. Lots of different texts that would get at this basic gospel. But, for example, Romans 3, 23 to 25. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift. 
through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood uh, to be received by faith. A propitiation by his blood. In other words, Jesus on the cross bore the wrath of God that we deserve, and he turned that wrath into favor. And now we have God's favor, but that is to be received by faith. We, we, we receive that. We believe that. We trust that. So, so basic, simple gospel in a nutshell. God, man, Christ response. Okay, but um, in, a, in a more robust sense, the gospel really is much bigger than that. Um, really, the gospel is the main storyline that's running throughout the whole Bible. Really, the whole Bible, in some sense, is the gospel. We could say that. Um, uh, certainly the gospel is, is the main message that's running throughout the pages of Scripture. And we could think of that, um, uh, if we think of the basic gospel as God, man, Christ response, we could think of this more robust gospel in terms of the four big movements of, of the, the Bible's story. You've maybe heard this. Uh, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Creation, fall, uh, redemption, restoration. It's really what the whole Bible is mainly about. And so it's this uh, good news story of that God created the world very good, um, but then it all went bad and it broke because of human sin. But then God has worked throughout history and ultimately through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus to secure a people for himself with whom he will live and he will live with them forever in a restored universe, free from all the brokenness that we see every day, free from all sin, free from all effects of sin. This is cosmic in its scope, not just individual relationship with God, but cosmic, all of creation restored. And that is the gospel. That's the gospel. And so when when we talk about gospel, um, we mean both in the sense of the simple God, man, Christ response, and the more robust creation, fall, redemption, restoration. The whole, which we would say is just the storyline of the Bible. So it, um, if that's what the gospel is then, um, then, then secondly here, um, when we're thinking about this, this gospel, the simple gospel, the more robust gospel, um, in our context uh, and in that framework of gospel community mission, or in this, this context of gospel-centered community on mission. Um, I would want to stress uh, three things, and uh, much, much more could be said, but I'll stress three things. Number one, that the gospel creates us. And number two, that the gospel nourishes us. And number three, that the gospel compels us. The gospel creates us. The gospel nourishes us. The gospel compels us. And so I say the gospel creates us, meaning that, the, 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 that as the gospel is believed, um, as we trust it for us personally, then God makes us a new creation. He makes us a new creation. He gives us a new core identity. And that identity is an individual identity, but, man, that individual identity is part and parcel and inextricably linked to a new corporate identity. Um, In other words, as we believe the gospel is true for us personally, then God adopts us into his family to uh, to be his child. We now are a sibling and we have siblings, this corporate identity. So John 1, 12 
uh, says this, John 1.12, To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We're not born children of God, in a sense. We have to become children of God. And that happens because of Jesus, through the good news uh, of Jesus. And so the gospel creates a new identity for us in that sense. And we now have special worth in God's eyes. Now we are accepted by God. Now we are loved by God. Now we are part of God's family. Okay, so this is one of the reasons, by the way, that we we like to say that the, the church is not a meeting that you attend, but the church is a people to which you belong. Church is not a meeting you attend, it's a people to which you belong. Okay, so, so the, the, that the gospel creates us, and that same gospel that creates us also nourishes us. It, it sustains us. And I think, as I would stress uh, the, the gospel piece with regard to gospel-centered community on mission, this is where I would put most of the emphasis personally, is on the fact that the gospel nourishes us, okay? It sustains us. And the point here is to say that the gospel is not just for non-Christians, but it is for Christians as well. It's every bit as much for Christians as it is for non-Christians. Of course, non-Christians, uh, we, we want to hear the gospel and receive the gospel and become children of God by believing the gospel. But once we are accepted by God, once we are secured in his family, then the gospel remains a primary uh, source of nourishment for us. It's our primary spiritual food for us as Christians to grow as Christians. Uh, you can think of us as, as just like plants. And, and, and the gospel is fertilizer for us. The gospel is our food. The gospel is our primary spiritual food. It's our primary source of nourishment that will help us grow. So if we're going to be lush, if we're going to be green, if we're going to have deep roots, we need to feed on the gospel. Okay? We can... Think of Ephesians 4 related to this. In Ephesians 4.15, Paul says there, Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Okay? Speaking the truth in love. If we're going to grow up into maturity in Christ individually and as a church body, as a church family, we need to be speaking uh, the truth to one another in love. And the idea here, I think that with Paul in this context, um, uh, it's not that we might be thinking of uh, maybe we have a, 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 an uncomfortable or a hard word that we might want to share with somebody. Maybe we feel like we need to rebuke them. And so Paul is saying, you know, make sure you speak the truth, but do that in love. Okay. That might be true as far as it goes. That might be uh, true in and of itself. But in the context of Ephesians 4, um, I think more to the point of what Paul is saying here is that speaking the truth is speaking the truth about Jesus in love. Speak the truth of the gospel to one another. Speak gospel truth to one another in love. And that's how you will grow up into maturity. And so um, this is what we have in mind with the idea of gospeling one another. Uh, maybe you've, you've, you've heard us. Sometimes we do speak of gospeling one another here in this church. Meaning, you take the noun that is gospel. Gospel is a noun. 
um, take the noun, turn it into a verb. And we, we good news one another. We, we give the gospel to one another. You could almost say that we evangelize uh, one another in the church. So in other words, we declare and we apply the good news about Jesus to one another in the church. To, to, to gospel one another as we talk about that. It's essentially just a catchphrase way of, of saying from Ephesians 4 here, speak the truth in love to one another. Just a catchphrase way of saying that. So, so to, to gospel one another, again, uh, it is to remind one another about the truth of Jesus and how that applies to us in, in, in any given circumstance. Uh, remind one another of what's true about who God is. Remind one another what's, what Jesus has done for us, what God has done for us in Jesus. Remind one another of who we are because of that and what God promises because of that and, and so on with all sorts of other implications uh, because of what God has done in Jesus and who we are. Uh, helping one another to, to, to take the truth about Jesus' incarnation and perfect life and sacrificial death and resurrection and ascension and his promise to come back taking those things and helping to bring them to bear on one another's circumstances, whatever they might be. So, um, so for example, um, here are a, a helpful number of, of, of bullet point examples here of, of what, of truth, gospel truth that we can remind one another of in order to nourish one another with the gospel. Okay, and I, I get this this, these bullet points from Gary and Betsy Ricucci in their, their book, Love That Lasts, great book on marriage, and they apply the gospel to marriage, but it applies to all of life here. And, and I just want to offer these to you. Just hear these now, and let this encourage you if you're trusting in Jesus. Let this be, be uh, uh, an opportunity to be getting gospeled here with these, with these things. So a so bunch, uh, bunch of bullet points here. Because of the gospel, Christians... Um, have become new creations. Therefore, our past does not define us, it does not confine us, and it does not determine our future. Because of the gospel, we are forgiven. And therefore, we can live free of all guilt and condemnation for every sin, and we can trust that God in His mercy will be gracious to us. Because of the gospel, we are accepted by God. And therefore, we are not dependent on a relationship or an opinion or acceptance of others for who we are or what we need. Because of the gospel, sin's ruling power over us is broken. And therefore, we can truly obey all that God calls us to do, regardless of any circumstance or situation. Because of the gospel, we have access to God through Christ. And therefore, we can, we can at any time take any need to the one who can do all things. That is good news. Because of the gospel, we have hope. Therefore, we can endure any relational difficulty or hardship or suffering with the assurance that God is working all to our greatest good. Because of the gospel, Christ dwells in us by his Holy Spirit. And therefore, we are confident that God is always with us and is always at work in our circumstances, even when progress is imperceptible. And because of the gospel... We have power. We have power to fight and overcome remaining sin, which continues to dwell and war within us. All these things, because of the gospel. Um, it's reminding one another of these kinds of things. This is what we have in mind when we talk about gospeling one another. 
uh, declaring and applying the gospel to one another so that we can be nourished and, and, and built up. And, and we want to do that, again, because it's speaking these sorts of truth uh, to one another. That's a primary means by which God, uh, by which God is going to grow us up into maturity, into the head who is Christ, uh, how he'll nourish us as his people, individually and as a family of God. So the gospel creates us, and the gospel nourishes us. And then the final thing that I would want to stress is that the gospel compels us. The gospel compels us. And by that, I mean that it motivates us um, uh, out, of a, out of gratitude, out of joy for what we have received because of the gospel, well, then it compels us to carry the gospel out to others, okay? Um, so 2 Corinthians 5 uh, says this, Paul says this, he says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. We are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. Okay, again, so, so the gospel creates a new identity in us. We are new creations. We are God's children now in Jesus, and we are his ambassadors. This is part of our new identity. We are his ambassadors. And so the gospel compels us to, to think outside of ourselves and to, to consider how we might represent Jesus, how we might live like Jesus, how we might take up the priorities of Jesus, how we might carry his message, the gospel message, how we might carry that outside of our community. And, and, and the gospel, um, in that regard, remember, it is... Uh, good news. It is a report. Um, and so by its nature, as, as a, a report, the gospel compels us to actually uh, take it out and declare it, speak it to others so that they would have a chance to believe it and be welcomed into the family of God. We are ambassadors for Christ. We're, we're taking the message of this gospel, uh, of his gospel, out beyond our spiritual family representing Jesus as we go, declaring the truth uh, uh, of the gospel with our words and conducting ourselves in such a way that we demonstrate the truth of, our, of that gospel uh, in, our, in our conduct as we, as we engage the world, okay? Uh, declaring the truth of the gospel with our words, demonstrating the truth of the gospel, and confirming the truth of the gospel with our actions and our priorities as we engage the world. Uh, Excuse me. So, so that's, that's the gospel part of the gospel community mission uh, framework, uh, those priorities. Um, again, what the gospel message is in itself and the importance of that for disciple-making. Uh, the gospel creates disciples. The gospel nourishes disciples. And the gospel compels us as disciples to represent Jesus and to carry that gospel out uh, to others. And so then as a local church here, then if, if we're aiming to make disciples of Jesus, um, uh, to, to see people become disciples of Jesus, to see people bloom as disciples of Jesus, worshipers, servant missionaries, then we've got to be absolutely gospel-saturated. Absolutely gospel-saturated. If the, if the mission, the vision of our church here is going to be more than just a statement, uh, but it's going to be an experience 
something that we experience together, something that we experience that we're working toward. We've got to be absolutely gospel-saturated in that. And then, Lord willing, thinking of that, uh, the virtual reality uh, uh, headset that I had mentioned earlier, hopefully, um, in light of, of what we've, we're talking about today, hopefully, in light of what Pastor Brett will touch on in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, the, the sight lenses, we're, we're just moving them up and back a bit, we're moving them side to side a bit, and just trying to move the, the vision into a little bit more focus for us, okay? So, um, uh, we're going to end here, so purposely gone a little bit shorter with, with the message, and we're going to end a little bit differently here today. Um, we're going to, uh, actually, in light of the gospel, there she is, <laughs> in light of the gospel here, in light of what we're focusing on this morning, we're going to invite Arielle Swenson to come up, uh, and she's going to share a little bit about how the gospel has impacted her. And then, uh, yeah, come on up. And then, um, and then th- we'll do this next week, in the next couple weeks as well. So we'll have somebody share with how they've been impacted with community, somebody share with how they've been impacted by, um, by, uh, by mission. So, gospel today, come on up. Uh, Ariel, please share. Yeah. Good morning. Mm-hmm. Like Tom morning. said, I'm Ariel Swenson. I'm married to Carl Swenson in the back with the baby. Um, we have four kids, four and under, so our life is kind of crazy right now, but good. Um, I was fortunate enough, by God's grace, to be born into a believing family. I spent my life in the church. In fact, when I was five, I heard the gospel presented at a Harvest Crusade with Salty the Praise Book, and I decided, I want that. I want Jesus to be Lord of my life, and I was so excited. I came home. I lined up all my stuffed animals. I gave them the gospel presentation. I prayed with them individually. I wanted to make sure they knew that God loved them. And I also wanted them in heaven with me, so it's a little selfish. But I was so excited, and that excitement kind of tapered off as I got older, and it just was about living the Christian walk, just living like Jesus. Um, until I was 15, when my best friend committed suicide, and everything kind of came to a head and everything I knew to be true kind of hit a wall. Um, and that was when I really saw this world and the depravity of man and its need for God to send Jesus into it. Um, and so that's where my faith kind of took its roots. And if you'd asked me for my testimony two years ago, that's kind of where it would have ended. It would have, the gospel came into my life, I became a believer, and that was it. But the Lord has really opened my eyes in the last couple of years to how rich the deep and deep the gospel is, um, especially through this church and our life groups, just learning to preach the gospel to ourselves, to look at my heart and to see all the things I struggle with, all the sins, all the idols in my heart are just points of unbelief in the gospel. And to be able to point myself back to the gospel well, ultimately, too, to have a community that comes beside me and points those things out and pours the gospel into those. It's just been huge, like, to understand that God loves me. And that good news I heard when I was five is still good news right now in every struggle that I have. It's just completely humbling to realize that I have a huge need for the gospel. But it's also so empowering to know that God has met that need and will continue to meet that need 
through the gospel until the day I die and I'm with him in heaven. <clears throat> and from that, empowerment comes and boldness to share the gospel steps in because if God's done something great for me, why would I want to look and not give that to someone else? Why would I not want to share the gospel? There's just so much joy in it. And that's just kind of going back to all of a sudden that feeling of when I was five and I wanted to tell all my stuffed animals about Jesus. That comes back, that joy and that excitement. Um, And the Lord in the last couple of years has given us a lot of opportunities to share the gospel, to show the gospel. And a lot of times we failed or we've ignored it. Um, But he just continues to be faithful and to come alongside and give opportunities. The biggest opportunity lately that has come into our lives is a friend of mine came to live with us. Her and her year-old son came to live with us, and she's a friend I've known for a long time, and she has chosen a path that is not God's will. She has done things that has have burnt bridges. She's had lots of friends turn their backs on them. And for some reason, the Lord keeps bringing her into our lives. And so she called, and she just was in a really hard spot, and she needed a place to stay. And so we told her she could come and stay with us until she had to figure out, she figured out what else was going to happen. And so she came, and we were kind of thinking that she was in a better spot than she actually was, but she wasn't. Um, the Lord had kind of shielded us from the truth so that we wouldn't be scared. <laughs> and when she came, we found out that she was still addicted to heroin. She had been using. She used the night she came to our house. And it was scary. It was huge, and it was scary. But the thing that got us through was that when we came to the end of our rope of how we have four children, she has a son, she's addicted to heroin, how do we do this? The gospel steps in. That when we were rebels to his cause, he sought us out. And so how could we deny her a place to stay? How could we deny her a family? And so we couldn't have done it on our own. It was completely the Lord's strength and the gospel in our lives and the community we had beside us to share the gospel to us in our unbelief. And so it just is such an honor to be able to stand before you and tell you that the Lord loves you and that he will send opportunities into your life that you can't handle on your own. It's only through his gospel that is radical. It makes no sense that he would love us, but he does. And that he sent his son to love us and to die on a cross to take our sin, to forgive us for our sins that we have committed and will commit. He knew everything beforehand, and he came. And so I just want to encourage you guys today that the gospel isn't something that needs to be dressed up. It doesn't need fancy showmanship. It doesn't need the perfect time. It doesn't need a whole backstory that you can meet people where they're at, that you can share your story or God's story in simple ways, whether it's someone who's struggling with finances, just knowing that the Lord loves them, walking them through that, or like our friend Camille, just knowing that she needed to be loved and to point her to the gospel, to a God who will love her. We were imperfect and we can't love her in the ways that she needs to be loved, but knowing that God has the power to do that and he wants to and he's willing to do that, that's just... Again, it's crazy. But just, yeah, to encourage you guys, 
just to fully understand the simple gospel, but also the robust gospel that we as believers need it. And those out there who don't know the Lord yet need it too, but it doesn't need to be fancy. It doesn't need to be, yeah, dressed up. It can meet people where they're at completely today. And so just, it's changed my life. I thought that it had changed my life when I was five and then when I was 15, but it continues to change my life and deepen my understanding of his love for me. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Ariel. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for um, the opportunity to, to um, begin to be refreshed um, with where you want to take us as a church uh, today, but especially just just being reminded uh, things we know, but things we need to hear again and again and again and again, uh, the gospel, the good news about Jesus and what that means for us and, and uh, what that means for your glory and for the joy of all people. So thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the way you've worked in Ariel's life. Thank you for uh, the way you've loved other people through her uh, because you've given her faith in Jesus uh, and the good news of the gospel. Um, and, uh, and we just pray that you'd help us uh, this morning and this afternoon and this week and this month, this year to come, uh, to just more deeply understand the gospel, feed more deeply on the gospel, um, and, and become more and more uh, compelled to uh, represent Christ well in the world as we carry his message. In Jesus' name, amen.